Crunching the Numbers, The Business Case and Accounting for Sustainability. This interview with John Purcell from CPA Australia was recorded as part of the Grow With Purpose event. So John Purcell is the Policy Advisor ESG with CPA Australia with responsibility for the development of strategy, research, policy, and advocacy in the areas of sustainability, emerging net external reporting, corporate governance, and corporate law. So he holds a master, he holds multiple master's degrees in accounting and commercial law, and also a PhD from the Melbourne Law School at the University of Melbourne. Uh, prior to CPA Australia, John um, held executive positions in the international telecommunications sector uh, with responsibility across, for cross-border tax planning and FDI structuring. So we've got a fantastic um, tax and law and accounting brain here, if anyone um, has any questions around that. Um, so welcome, John. Thank you, Sarah. Pleasure to be here and uh, welcome everyone. Great. So um, first, maybe I should quickly clarify uh, your title, Policy Advisor ESG. We haven't been using that term as much. Can, can you quickly touch on what that stands for and perhaps where it tends to be used? Yeah, um, the, the terminology um, in this area of um, business activity um, has undergone somewhat of a transformation in the uh, 20 or so years that I've been working in the space. Um, the um, previous uh, at times, but loosely interchangeable terminologies um, often are around uh, sustainability, um, the notion in a, um, you know, corporate sense, uh, viewing um, the embedding um, of a business within um, a broader economic context in which um, value is preserved um, essentially on an intergenerational basis. Um, the other terminology um, often used in this area is, um, and it's probably um, not necessarily fallen out of favour, but um, is, is somewhat refined over time, and that's corporate social responsibility. Um, a terminology now, you know, a, a couple of decades old. Um, it, it again, um, in, our, in an Australian sense, um, has very much uh, issues associated with um, recognition of a moral and ethical dimension to business conduct. Um, the actual pre precipitation of uh, corporate social responsibility um, activities and indeed the attention of uh, regulators in Australia um, centered around not so much um, matters of uh, significant um, legal misconduct of uh, company directors, but behavior which was viewed as being um, morally and ethically highly challengeable. Um, a lot of the um, 
leading developments actually go back to uh, James Hardy Industries. Um, though I say that the term corporate social responsibility may have fallen out of a little bit of favour, um, it does reoccur in um, a more contemporary context. Um, and when you start to look at uh, some of the developments in relation to inclusive capitalism, it also um, addresses this idea um, of the corporation or more, or more, more broadly business and capital activity um, as having a wider um, purpose to it uh, over and above uh, the generation of profit. Uh, and the profit uh, indeed must have a social uh, dimension to it in terms of its inclusiveness. Mm. Great, thank you. That's that's a good, um, the terminology always kills me in this space because let's be honest, there isn't one good word that really captures everything. I talk about sustainability and people think I'm talking about financial viability of their business, um, but CSR and ESG can be a little bit too many words to... <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah it, it, it is problematic. And then, you know, the other dimension you get yeah, around sustainability is... Um, sustainability, as you indicate, of, of business models and business viability. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I think the important elements is to understand uh, the degree to which um, environmental and social issues uh, now directly impinge upon business, regardless of the size of the business. So, um... Just to clarify for everyone, ESG does stand for Environmental, Social and Governance. Um, so let's start with the big question for you as an accountant. Do you see sustainability and ESG as profit or loss to a business? Again, this is something which has um, developed over time. Um, often... Um, accounting in a traditional sense would see itself a little bit remote from some of the developments around uh, ESG and sustainability. Um, those who've um, had a long uh, involvement in tracking the development of sustainability reporting um, would view um, it either uh, in um, majority of negative terms as being part of um, corporate reputation management, um, prone to greenwash. Um, the reality is that the discipline which is now applied to sustainability reporting, uh, be it derived from either um, European-based GRI or American-based um, sustainability accounting standard boards uh, framework and guidelines, um, it is a highly disciplined form of corporate uh, disclosure. Um, thus, um, accounting um, has um, overlap in terms of um, how it both interacts with and uh, feeds off sustainability information as part of a wider um, set of corporate disclosures. Um, the other transitions which you see taking place, um, often from a traditional accounting perspective, is that um, 
ESG, um, you know, bear in mind when Sarah's reference back to governance, um, has a compliance element to it. Uh, so there is um, naturally a focus from an accounting standpoint as to how um, accounting can serve uh, compliance in relation to environmental and social matters. Um, moving on, um, often a lot of the focus probably a decade ago was around looking at uh, being ESG, so the ENS subject matter, as being part of particularly around when you look at the E limb of things, uh, around particularly uh, energy as being a source of cost reduction. Um, e exposures are a cost which needs to be managed amongst a suite of uh, costs. Uh, more particularly, a uh, sensitive, uh, holistic view sees E, S and G, uh, both as part of how an organisation understands its risk and at the same time as being a source of competitive advantage. So uh, to reiterate, across um, the decades, um, the subject matter has evolved, business understanding has evolved, and likewise accounting, um, I believe, has um, likewise responded. Um, there may be um, criticisms as to the pace at which accounting has responded, but happy to flesh out some of those challenging matters uh, as we progress through uh, yeah, this session. Yeah, fantastic. Um, because obviously risk management and competitive uh, advantage, those can be very difficult to quantify and um, they talk a lot about non-financial value, right? So um, can you, how, how can you actually, I guess, quantify those in terms of a business sense, in terms of comparing them against financial outcomes and demonstrating that business sense? Yeah, um, a, a couple of perspectives on that. Um, if you want to go, you know, firstly down um, sort of the governance, governance limb of understanding, um, you know, Although, um, you know, I, I come from a, a, a corporate regulatory perspective, um, a terminology which um, is used in governance speak um, is the social license to operate. Um, and and it, it, it is a, a real um, factor driving business behaviour. Um, and you can see it, you know, particularly uh, in agribiz, um, that is, is a prominent driver of transforming business practice. Um, accountants as professionals are not only um, dealing with numbers, they are dealing with uh, interactions, um, the various factors which impinge upon accounting numbers. Um, there again, I would emphasise that uh, accounting is not all about the numbers. Um, one of the more interesting developments taking place in the sphere of accounting in the last decade has been um, what's termed integrated reporting and its underpinning in integrated thinking. Now, there, um, businesses 
uh, viewed as being uh, more or less a bundle of capitals. Now, um, it's capitals, some of them are financial and quantifiable in financial number terms. Other capitals, um, which a business, regardless of its size, um, has either some level of command over in an ownership sense or some interaction with, um, are part of how a business model functions to generate value. Um, accounting um, looks now more holistically as to these type of interrelationships and how value is created over time through operation of business models. Um, accounting numbers, obviously, are still highly relevant from both a compliance and a decision-making sense. But um, we tend increasingly to understand business and accountants' involvement in business from these wider perspectives of interaction with other types of capital, be they relationship capital um, or in an environmental sense, natural capital. Yeah, fabulous. And it's, it's I think with accountants, um, perhaps we give you a little bit of a bad rap in thinking that you're only numbers focused, but every number has a story behind it, right? Like there's lots of business factors that are leading to those numbers going up and down. And so this is just another one of those business factors. Um, you know, do you have that social license to operate? Are you being innovative? Do you have the internal um, social, uh, intellectual capital, all of that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in, it means, you know, um, you know, financial numbers um, remain highly relevant. Um, the market responds to financial numbers and financial information, but we understand that um, financial numbers um, do have finite, finite application. We understand um, the financial numbers um, drive certain information needs. So looking at externally, uh, financial numbers serve particular types of um, stakeholder expectation about information content. But we understand also that that is not the full suite of information that uh, a user of corporate information would wish to have access to and make decisions based on that. Now, flip that to internal operations inside a business, we understand that yeah, particular aspects of the business may not be um, quantifiable, or they may be quantifiable, but not um, monetized, but they do have an implication in understanding um, total performance of an organization and how the organization manages risk. Um, and, you know, we, we may get into some of the discussions around how organisations now look more contemporaneously at capital allocation decisions and a realisation that such decisions are drawn from a range of factors, financial and non-financial. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and so as, as you're saying around that, that capital allocation, I think one thing that um, really can be hard for a business to wrap its head around is a lot of sustainability takes a long-term investment. You know, it's a big upfront 
investment that will um, have a return on investment, but sometimes it might be a three-year payback. And a lot of businesses, that's too long to wait. So how can businesses account for that within their budgeting and their books? Yeah, um, interesting and challenging questions. Um, and um, again, um, how businesses view themselves, um, how they understand their uh, impacts and un how they understand um, their long-term viability um, is shifting. Now, um, in you know, a, a narrow financial mathematics sense, um, decisions around where uh, a business allocate its funds um, may perhaps either traditionally or through a very narrow prism um, is looked at uh, in terms of um, financial mathematics, the, the time value of money, um, net present values. Um, that is not, it is, is relevant, highly relevant, but is not the full picture of how businesses make decisions. You can almost flip things on their head and say that, well, businesses don't in fact start with these hard, firm um, financial criteria in terms of how they allocate internal capital or the projects that they uh, invest in or disinvest in. The threshold really is to start to look at what the business strategy is and does an investment proposal, does a um, capital investment, does an acquisition um, satisfy the long-term strategic needs of the business? And really it is only then that we start to then graduate into the, both the hard um, analysis of the financial aspects of a particular proposal. Now, again, um, businesses are not beholden necessarily to these preconceived ideas about uh, internal hurdle rates of return. Sophisticated businesses both obviously apply that type of rigour to their capital investment appraisals, but in parallel to that, they have um, other criteria around um, ESG performance. So quite often uh, in uh, industries or businesses where environmental matters are highly sensitive, uh, an ESG factor is built into the decision-making process and a more holistic approach is then taken around business decision-making. And, and again, I think um, there is shift away from a pure um, financial expectation about long-term viability and an understanding that a business's viability is a combination of both financial factors, strategic factors, and taking back to some of our original discussion, a capacity to maintain its social license. Okay. Um, 
Sorry, just remembering that for later. Um, so is, is there, are there actually any um, accounting sort of techniques, I guess, for those businesses that, that they can apply to perhaps even hold that money aside um, in, in their budgeting? Yeah, um, yeah of, often, um, yeah, again, in, in, inside businesses, um, the, the practice often now is to develop a, a matrix of different type of criteria um, so that you, know, you look at internal capital allocations in a more strategic portfolio sense that um, there are um, investments which uh, necessarily achieve corporate um, operational uh, goals and may be subject to pure um, financial DCF type calculations to justify to be the basis of a go or no go decision. Um, alternatively, there will be uh, particular forms of decision, of decision making which satisfy um, ESG type goals. Now, some of those um, may be imposed, they may be regulatory based. Um, so, you know, it, it is quite a subtle uh, series of decision making under, being undertaken inside these organisations. Now, um, some of those decisions, um, more of a regulatory sense where there is uh, potential environmental or uh, social type exposures, um, those factors are likely to be weighted more highly in the decision-making process. But then you move further down to uh, E and S activities, which may be viewed as more discretionary in nature. And then um, that ties back to the corporate strategy and seeing whether, you know, accepting uh, a lower rate of return on that type of um, investment nevertheless sustains the business on a long-term basis. So we are going back to older type terminology around sustainability. It does, things do tend to go full circle in a way. Um, but I, I would highlight one other um, insight, um, and that's um, around um, the interaction between um, ESG issues and what's termed um, the cost of capital. Um, ESG, um, you know, as I perhaps indicated at the outset, um, is often regarded um, has some time back typically been regarded as um, either burden uh, or discretion or some form of impost. Um, companies raise capital or small businesses obtain funds uh, from various sources. Those sources make an assessment of risk. Um, increasingly, the ESG performance and ESG disclosures are recognised as a form of lowering cost of capital. 
So to be able to demonstrate strengths in E, S and G can be recorded, report, sorry, rewarded in the market by capacity to raise funds at a lower cost than might be otherwise the case through the capacity to demonstrate that the business um, has a, been able to identify its emerging E and S type risks and have the governance processes in place to manage those. So um, this is part of a shift in mindset uh, amongst businesses and a shift in the way capital markets respond to ESG factors. They are um, essential, not discretionary anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, more and more businesses are obviously realising that, that they're behind and, and catching up to that. We were also um, having an interesting conversation yesterday around the sustainable development goals and how they can actually help a business with resilience. Resilience was obviously quite the buzzword last year with a lot of small businesses. So how would you say that sustainability can help a business build resilience for future shocks? Uh, it, it is very much about um, understanding um, your business model. Um, also, and if, if you were to go back to um, the discussions about uh, the sustainable development goals, and um, it, it's interesting to, to observe how they um, drive business behaviour. Um, and, you know, where um, the uh, SDG goals sit in relation to um, other drivers of um, corporate management um, and disclosure of uh, the ENS performance and risks. Um, the SDGs, um, now, okay, you would accept that um, these are to a degree aspirational around where the world wishes to see itself in terms of um, achieving um, transformation and um, inclusive processes by 2030. They are very useful for businesses to understand and articulate where they see themselves sitting within these broader development trends. Um, you know, and 2020 has, has been a very you know, salutary experience for all of us. Um, and, you know, one of the other important, I think, annual uh, pieces of information that people who work in this space make reference to um, is the World Economic Forum uh, annual risk assessments. Um, and you know, quite interestingly, if you look at those, they show a high degree of sensitive sensitivity as to what has happened in the past year, particularly around inclusiveness and the threat to inclusiveness posed by the pandemic. 
Now, where does this fit into how a business operates? It allows a business to assess its vulnerability because um, a failure to continue along the path of particular uh, inclusive aspects within uh, the SDGs undermines economic activity. It makes economies more less inclusive and potentially more unstable. So the SDGs do form a good analytic point um, for businesses to understand the wider implications, what their social license is, in fact. Um, you know, um, we've moved past, I think, um, any enduring view that uh, the purpose of business is business, the purpose is, is purely profit. Um, you know, businesses, be they large or small, are focused on their, not only their resilience, their capacity to withstand shocks like the pandemic, but also within that resilience to be have duration over time. Mm, yeah, that's, that's all about that long-term focus, isn't it? Um, so, uh, for accountants, what, what role do accountants play in all of this, um, in managing a business's sustainability in ESG, for example? Um, and where do you think that they could be playing a bigger role? Yeah, um, yeah again, um, you know, the, the profession is under a, a, under a degree of transformation. Um, Peter Backer, the chair of the World Business Council for Sustainable Development, uh, remarked a number of years ago that accountants will save the world. Um, others would take a more sceptical view and say the particular aspects of accounting may in fact be um, impediment to necessary transformation. Uh, in fact, that uh, accounting fails to capture uh, the true value of a business uh, in terms of its reporting. Um, I'll, I'll tend more to uh, Mr. Backer's view, uh, but recognise that there are uh, challenges um, along the way. Um, and uh, again, I, I think we, we, we need to recognise um, traditional areas of accounting, accounting contribution um, say, in relation to uh, measurement and in relation, say, for example, to um, assurance of information. That in and of itself um, is indicative of the, of the changes which are taking place and where the future, future direction of accounting will go. Um, if I haven't made it clear already, um, measurement... Uh, is not only in terms of financial numbers. Measurement is in terms of understanding um, non-financial factors, how they can or cannot be quantified, and if or not is it is appropriate for them to be monetized. Increasing that takes accounting outside of its traditional area of operation of handling 
um, accounting type numbers. Similarly, um, assurance. Assurance is no longer um, audit over financial numbers. Assurance is increasingly over non-financial matters, be it in relation, say, for example, uh, emissions data, um, assurance in relation to um, operations within supply chains, say, for example, um, around uh, modern slavery or um, exposure to foreign bribery, um, issues around the sourcing uh, of particular types of minerals to be built into operations. Um, these are all multidisciplinary type activities to which um, accounting has a contribution, has a role, but not the exclusive role. Um, accounting, though it will continue uh, in its traditional areas around external reporting, particularly those to do with numbers, um, internal budgeting, um, capital allocations I've discussed, but at a strategic level, accounting necessarily, as with all professions inside organisations, need to start working across organisational boundaries. Hence, I go back to this idea, which underpins integrated reporting, that um, the way businesses operate into the future is more in terms of its processes of integrated thinking, understanding the components of a business, how they operate in, in an interconnected fashion, but equally how the business interacts with its external environment. Great. Um, yeah, I, you touched a little bit there on um, conflict minerals, which I think were, were kind of embedded into a accounting type legislation in the US. I believe it was the Frank Dodd Act, and it was like yep. one section. Someone just kind of snuck in this little piece of, oh, by the way, any metals that you use, you have to track back to where they're originating from. And if they're yep. coming from the Democratic Republic of Congo, you yep. must find out what mines they're coming from, all of this. And accountants are going like, say what? <laughs> what does this have to do with me? So that it's interesting that some people view that as that could just as well be an accounting issue. And accountants are going, no, 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 no. So I wonder, like, how do we talk to, especially in a small business who have, might have a more traditional accountant in the business or traditional, you know, head of finance within the business, how can we talk to them to help them understand you know, to be able to start being more integrated and, and to broaden their thinking about value? Yeah, um, it, it, an, in, an interesting uh, and, and, and challenging issue. Um, you know, on the one hand, you, you can say that um, you know, in an SME, um, and an accountant has a defined role, a defined set of tasks. You can look at that though from from different perspective. Um, accounting actually is um, the point at which many parts of a business actually 
that's not the centre of the business. I would never argue that an account is the centre of the business, but a lot of corporate information centres around um, how accounting captures data and how accounting assimilates, understands data. So the discipline associated with um, what we call in accounting a sceptical view um, is one of probing information to understand its veracity. Uh, so a business's uh, non-financial exposures can be understood from a accounting type discipline around the accuracy or otherwise of that data and whether that data can be prone to manipulation. The skeptical view about information. Um, it, it may seem trite to say this, but it does both require a shift in mindset amongst accountants to understand that they have um, a, an imperative to work outside their comfort areas, but also I think is incumbent on business owners and managed to understand the strengths that accountants can bring to these very critical areas. Absolutely, those that you've touched on, certainly around measurement and, and assurance and being able to um, look at the non-financial factors as well. So um, if anyone has any questions, please make sure to put them in the chat. Um, but I will ask John my one question that I'm asking everyone, which is your, what is your number one piece of advice for a small business looking to better integrate sustainability into its value proposition in 2021? I think it is very much about uh, an appreciation of the external environment and um, understanding that uh, ENS are both um, the source of opportunity and a challenge to business viability. Um, a sensitivity um, to one's environment. Um, and again, this may sound a little bit trite, but um, it compels looking beyond the short-term time horizon. Now, SMEs potentially more perhaps even down the micro business level, and I don't you know, appreciate the problems of, of generality, but business survival is often driven by a narrow perspective of financial viability. Am I solvent? Am I still a going concern? Will my lenders continue to extend me funding? Will my creditors still extend me credit? Um, an appreciation of the external environment allows one to anticipate both threat and opportunity. Um, and I think um, looking at an SME perspective, these are 
important factors um, around um, how an SME understands its succession. What are going to be uh, the steps that the SME takes to make sure that that business continues in safe hands. Understanding environment from an ENS perspective allows you to understand better what your competitors are doing and where your competitive threats and opportunities are going to come from. And increasingly, these are going to be driven by ENS factors. Now, um, often um, the regulatory reach around ENS um, is applied at the, at the big end of town. That cascades down to SMEs. They are impacted by the supply chain implications of what happens upstream and downstream. Um, the SME is not remote from these factors and must have the capacity to understand what's happening in its environment. And, it, and again, um, you know, the agility of an SME is a plus in this, though it can be uh, a negative. The agility requires the SME owner and its management to uh, move away, take time out from the short-term imperatives of survival and look at the bigger, pitch, the bigger picture of the environment and what that offers in terms of both opportunity and threat. Um, and recognising that you know, the categories of what is ENS are not static. Uh, they evolve over time um, and they are factors which emerge in the Australian economy and it allows you to have, understand more deeply where your SME sits within the shifts which are taking place quite profoundly in the Australian economy. Absolutely. Um, that was a really good um, summary. Now, Adrian has given us a very long question here. Let me see if I can um, get through it. Um, there is more opportunity with this in small business than larger as they can be quicker to move, as you were just touching on, John. Larger businesses will require con concrete regulations, costs and rules to be able to apply it to complicated businesses. But the more abstract internalizing costs and issues that are otherwise borne by society and not your own business can more easily be done in a small business where parties are more aligned to, end, to the end goal and the impact focus. So what can accountants bring to the table to actually represent the data and account for it. I'm not sure if I'm if I'm catching if that question is clear enough. Do you um, do you think that that's clear, John, or do we want some clarification from? Yeah, Peter? look, I, I will I will attempt to hopefully take take an answer down the path which which answers answers that uh, to degree of adequateness. Um, yeah. Um, Regulation is, is, is a cost. It, it is an impost. Um, and um, it necessarily um, is borne by businesses um, at various levels within uh, the structure of the economy. Um, problems arise. Um, 
say for example, um, environmental regulation. Um, the uh, cost of that um, is whilst it is um, a, a cost in a rational sense, which ought to be borne across the whole economy, uh, is actually um, the burden of which is borne uh, by particular areas um, which are potentially uh, the inadvertent um, victims um, of regulation. So um, environmental regulation um, can have knock-on effects for parties who are not directly um, subject to those regulations. They are um, dependent on uh, sectors of the economy which are potentially increasingly subject to regulation. The regulation uh, may have cost consequences in terms of how those costs are passed on out into uh, SMEs who are consumers of um, entities which are prone to environmental regulation. Um, the threat then is to understand how uh, your business model can build a level of resilience to withstand that type of impost being passed on to you. Um, potentially, it may allow you um, to not only um, adjust your cost structures in anticipation of that increased impost, it may uh, also um, taking a broader um, viability perspective allow you to understand what your opportunities are in terms of diversification, how you can diversify your operations to spread the, the impost of the risks of, associated with regulation applied um, upstream from where uh, the SME operates. I hope that answers to a degree a, a very lengthy question. Yeah, it's, it's quite a big um, can of worms to, to be opening right at the very end of a session. So um, I think we'll have to finish there. Um, and now John has uh, already sent me one link that I will share in the Facebook group um, for especially, I assume it's uh, particularly relevant to anyone in a financial or accounting position to access the ESG resources that CPA provides. Is that true? Yes. Cool. Um, so I'll pop that in the Facebook group. I also um, will include a link to the um, World Economic Forum risk assessment that has been released in the last month, I guess, um, that John mentioned as well, because it is quite interesting to look at, you know, maybe five years ago, the World Economic Forum, all of the risks were financial ones. And the last couple of years, they're all green and red in, in the color scheme, i.e. environmental and social risks these days um, that are absolutely impacting on businesses and economies around the world. So uh, thank you so much, John, for your time. Um, I think interesting for some of these people uh, who are more sustainability type uh, backgrounds to hear from you around the accounting side of things and, and how to talk the business language. 
So it's it's been fabulously useful. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Because, yeah, so you know, one, one final remark. You know, um, you know, often um, the sustainability discussion and the accounting discussion happens in different rooms. Um, we are now quite often, um, thankfully, in the same room. So thank you for this opportunity. It is about time. Thank you so much, John. My pleasure. Yes. Bye. Thank you.